Are we going to get the breakout season from Miami Hurricanes defensive tackle Leonard Taylor that we've been waiting for? I think Miami's going to need it. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you to the everydayers for making Locked on Canes your first listen. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts, available free on YouTube. And today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college or enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a free white tech hat, one I'm wearing right now with any purchase. You won't want to take your bird dogs off, we promise you. We have the pleasure on this episode of being joined by the man, the myth, the legend, very good friend of the show, Larry Bluestein, 560 WQAM in Miami, South Florida High School Sports Show. Blue, good morning. How are you, sir? Doing good. Doing good for, for the first week of uh, the high school regular season. And it's going to be it's going to be action packed, uh, uh, not only locally, but we have a lot of teams going on the road. But, yeah, we've been looking at this Broward County Showcase and uh, we've been I mean, it's it's morphed into one of the better uh, uh, pre uh, regular season kickoff games, and there's seven of them uh, in the country. And you know, you have nationally rated teams here, and John Bosco Prep out of California be playing St. Thomas Aquinas and St. Francis Academy of, um, of Baltimore playing down here, and uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting and. Finally, we're, we're getting a lot of exposure in South Florida rather than our teams having to travel all the time. I love it. And, and we're going to circle back because there are some high school players we want to talk about, including Miami got a verbal commit from a class of 2026 last night. So we're going to circle back to that. Uh, but, Blue, I, I want to start off with LT56, Leonard Taylor. Uh, I'm very bullish on the type of season he can have. You know, he he was very good last year, just maybe not consistent enough and I, I don't feel like they played him enough I feel like Kevin Steele maybe ro- rotated him out a little bit too much last year I mean he had 10 and a half tackles for loss three sacks an interception uh the Virginia game last year was the game of his life I mean he practically won that game single-handedly before <laughs> Miami was able to get that one done in overtime and wow. you know I, I spoke to LT yesterday and I, I asked Leonard like what needs to happen? What do you need to do for this to be your best year yet? And he told me being more explosive and getting in his gaps the right way. That's what he's got to do to make it his best year yet. Do you think, Blue, he's going to accomplish that and Leonard Taylor is going to put his stamp on this season coming up? I think what you said uh, to, to uh, begin it, um, he needs to get more reps. He needs to be in there. He needs to get in the flow. And I think that you, this year won't be a problem. You, if you if you remember back when they got him, everybody was very excited. Hey, we landed one of the premier guys in the country. He was a four or five star, whatever you want to look at. Uh, you know, a guy that Alabama and Ohio State and everybody like that was pursuing. And uh, and I think that he was kind of the Lone Ranger the last couple of years, you know, being that elite type of kid. But now he has a few other players on that line to help him. Right. Uh, you know, he, he's got Reuben Bain, another guy like himself was a, uh, you know, a highly recruited uh, player coming out. And if you look, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, 
they have two and three of those type of guys every year, and that's why they they're successful. And you just can't have one in any position, but especially the defensive line position. You look at LSU and you know teams like Clemson, uh, what they went through when they were you know winning. That's the way you win. You win with multiple players, and I think that Leonard Taylor has an opportunity. Like I said, with players around him, with coaching uh, that's really solid. Uh, Joe Salave has done a great job. We know that um, that Jason Taylor, uh, you know, recognizes things, even though he works with the defensive ends. I think he has a pretty good idea what what happens in the interior as well. So I think that's the the theme of the entire team. You got better coaching uh, guys who've been there, done that will coach you up. And I think that in Leonard Taylor's spot, all he needs is a little bit a little more reps and significant reps and he's going to get it. I mean, and, uh, and as you said, he's, He's one of those dudes, you know, that you can't you can't park that Lamborghini in the garage. You got to take it out for a spin. Now, the guy who I think he's going to be starting next to at the other defensive tackle spot, Blue, just based on the way things have played out in fall camp so far, they, you know, Miami hasn't released their confirmed starting lineup or depth chart yet, but I'm expecting Branson Dean, who transferred in from Purdue, to be the guy who who plays next to Leonard. Uh, have you had a chance to scout Branson and, you know, what do you think he's going to bring to the table? Yeah, uh, my close friend Dale Williams, who coaches up at Purdue, he and I were talking about him when he made the move to to come to Miami. And I mean, this is a, he's a gamer. He's a see, you know, he's a veteran player. He's been there, done that before. And I think what he is is more of that uh, another type of coach on the field where he could help Leonard Taylor, he could help Bain, he could help a lot of the players that are coming in there, not just by what he says, but by his actions as they watch what he does and how he handles himself and. Yeah, he's a solid guy. He's a solid guy in what you need to move forward. So, Blue, you know, when we're talking big picture on the defensive line, I know that the fan base, there's been some disappointment in recruiting other elite defensive tackles because it, it seems like Miami only gets one of these guys every few years. You know, I, I really like Artavius Jones, who's verbally committed, but, you know, Miami just uh, missed out on Kamari and Franklin last week who decided to stay home at Ole Miss. They missed out on Justin Scott earlier this cycle. They're going to be fighting tooth and nail for David Stone later this week as he chooses likely between Oklahoma and Miami. Uh, is there is there cause for disappointment? Blue, and do you think it's going to pick up a little bit at that position? Uh, to answer the first part of your question is, no, I'm not surprised. Remember, we're still coming off that five and seven season, even yeah. though we've recruited really well. There's a perception around the nation, you know, and a lot of recruiters use it against them, and they say, "Hey, why are you going to a program that's five and seven? You know, because they don't know all the good things that's happened. They don't know all the transfer portal or Miami's made 37 roster changes to enhance this or have made six, five, six coaching changes, including two new coordinators. That's what they're up against. They're up against that. And that can be remedied one way. You got to win. And if Miami gets over the hump this year and has a winning record, which I expect them to do, uh, then next year, these I would worry if you don't hit on these guys. You know, I mean, because, you you know, they could always see what's happening. You know, right off the bat, they could say, oh, OK, they were five and seven. And then they turned around and they were eight and four or whatever they were, you know, but there's progress. And then they have all these young guys. So I know I'm not alarmed and I'm not disappointed. They're doing what they could do. They have a, a just two tremendous recruiting classes here in the 24 and even the start of the 25. And as you mentioned with Malachi, Tony in the 26 <laughs> class, but. I'm not worried. Uh, you know, let, let's let's kind of 
crawl before you start jogging, you know, I mean, and, and that's, what's going to happen this year is going to be a lot of development made. And, uh, and next year at this time, if you, if you don't get somebody, uh, like a Franklin or a David Stone, then you say, oh, wow, you know, we had a winning season. You know, what, what's it going to take to bring them here? We have so much still to come on this episode of Locked on Canes. Larry Bluestein, nice enough to join us. We will talk about Malachi Tony, who is the newest verbal commit to the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, I want to talk about Tyler Van Dyke, what kind of a year he can have in this new offense. I'd love Blue's take on whether TVD can take it to the next level or at least bring it back to the 2021 level. And uh, I'd like to talk about A.J. Allen, uh, the running back transfer mm. from Nebraska, who's been taking Miami by storm. He's been so good in fall camp. So what you want to do is you want to keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. My friends, bird dogs, these shorts that I'm wearing today and this hat I'm wearing is super comfortable. But bird dogs not only make you look good, their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts, they do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better and they look great, by the way. Uh, they fit way better than those regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton Bird Dogs fixed that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but it stretches to get you a way slimmer fit and a cooler fit without having to sacrifice movement. And they use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric to keep you cool and dry all day long. I don't know if you guys have noticed this. We've had record heat the last couple of months. I'm staying cool in my Bird Dog shorts. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college or enter promo code Locked on college for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on college or promo code locked on college for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Thank you so much for making locked on canes your first listen. For your second listen, the two part ultimate college football preview is live on locked on ACC. Uh, I've been involved in this episode, guys, previewing Miami season coming up. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We got Larry Bluestein with us, South Florida High School Sports Show on AM 560 Sports WQAM. Uh, Blue, um, Tyler Van Dyke, the Shannon Dawson offense, he raves about it, the freedom that he gets in this offense. I think it also helps that you added a few more playmakers into the mix, you added a few more offensive linemen into the mix. What sort of a season, and you you can sometimes help me temper my expectations, because like last year, for example, when I picked 10 wins before a 5 and see, you were the one who was trying to talk me down from that. So I trust your judgment. What kind of a season do you expect from Tyler Van Dyke and Shannon Dawson's offense? Well, I think you put it, in, you know, correctly. Uh, you know, in this offense now, he's been added some weapons. He's been added some depth around him. Playmakers, uh, even though they got to get it done to prove it, I mean, they've shown – that they could throw the ball, certainly run the ball, uh, you know, and we'll get into that in a minute or so. And offensive line-wise, you got depth. And I think if he stays upright, that's the whole thing. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to, you know, the, I mean, obviously there's going to be programs that are going to throw blitz packages at him and they're going to, you know, make life tough on him, obviously. But he has to count on making, you know, instinctive plays like he did two years ago. And remember – when you have a guy like Rambo who went into that, into that huddle and said, Hey, you know, get it to me. I'll get open. I'll get open. It gives the quarterback a lot more confidence. And I think with guys like Colby young or Restrepo, you know, players of that, uh, you know, of that uh, type of, um, um, 
you know, the, as far as how, how much ability they have and, you know, the willingness to do whatever it takes, it's a whole different deal. And I think that you're going to see in this offense, because I think they're going to be a little bit more run heavy than Dawson's used to be. And why right. not? I mean, you got four backs right now that are capable of playing at any level with any team. Uh, and, uh, you know, all they need is, again, they need reps and they need carries and game conditions. And they need a little, a few holes and a few help, some help from up, up front. So to answer your question, I think he's going to do really well. I has a chance to have some record record setting uh, games, uh, you know, I mean, uh, four or five touchdown type games uh, because of the fact that he's got balance in here now and he's got a quarterback coach who's the offensive coordinator, which makes yeah. a difference. It makes a difference. You know, I love Frank Ponce, but, you know, sometimes when you don't have communication with your offensive coordinator, the quarterback coach is kind of useless. So in this, in this scheme, they could talk about things and say, hey, listen, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. They can game plan. They can sit together watching some film, you know, throughout the week and say, hey, listen, in this scenario, you and I are going to do this. And I think that if you look, you know, they're watching film from all the scrimmages that they've had. And they're saying, listen, these are the things that were you if you could see the offense, this is the way it works. Because remember, this isn't this is what his third offense in three years. Yes. So, but I think he feels more comfortable in this offense because he's got more freedom, he's got more depth, he's got more outlets. So he's not the only game in town, which last year he was. And unfortunately, when you start dropping the balls like they did in the Texas AM game, where he played more than good enough to win. Yeah, it takes a toll on it on you on your mind, and I think that that's the one thing that that uh, Coach Dawson and here will be on the same page. He'll never let Tyler go into a funk. He just won't. You know, he'll just grab him and say, "Listen, you know that was a purpose. You didn't see that read. You know this and that, but you know let's." You know, he'll take him off to the sideline or on the bench and show him the film and say, look, you see what I'm saying? See how this guy came in here next time. Kind of look at him a little bit. You know, don't just throw to the spot, you know, throw to where somebody's not, you know. And and I think that's a good thing because their communication is going to be vital. And you brought up drops. Like I want people to know I've been out to a lot of practices. It's it's not been an issue the way it was last year. Um, have I seen some drops? Of course. Like you're never going to go through a perfect practice where nobody drops anything. But blue, I remember a year ago watching fall camp. It was like, oh, they, they dropped it again. Again, it was it was a really, really big problem last year. Yeah. Where this year there's not an unusual amount of drops. It it seems like that that that's not really been if, if there is any disconnect with the passing game this year, like there was last year, it's not going to be because of drops. I don't foresee that being a problem this year. Right. Well, well. I think uh, there's a there's a little price to pay now. Uh, Kevin Beard uh, he doesn't he doesn't take things lightly like that. And right. He'll get in your face and embarrass you, and he will. He'll embarrass you in front of everybody else, understanding that all he's doing is trying to elevate your play, and that's how you get better. I mean, you look at some of the great receiving uh, coaches around college football, like a Brian Hartline, and, and players like you know people like that. They you know, they're nice people, but I'll tell you what, if their job's at stake, they're going to get in your grill every every time possible and make you understand that that one drop could cost us the game. And last year, it did. It cost you the Texas A&M game, 
by, you know, that what were there, five or six significant drops and a couple more. So, I mean, that's a concentration problem. That's a repetitive uh, thing that you got to work on in practice. And um, I don't foresee that happening. I really don't. And, and that gives him an opportunity because now you have other weapons. If Kobe Young starts dropping the ball, then put Redding in. Redding seems like he's kind of got it now. I mean, you know, this is one of the smartest kids on the team academically. So, and, and physically he, when he came out of IMG and when he came out of high school, he ran as good of patterns as anybody. I just think he kind of got hooked up in the fact that, you know, nobody was really coaching him up, but it's not happening that way this this time around. Let's talk about the running game, Blue. Uh, a couple of the big uh, pleasant surprises. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be that surprised by Mark Fletcher because we all we all knew <laughs> he's going to be a stud very early, but he's lived up to it so far, the true freshman out of American Heritage. But uh, another one I really want to talk about with you is A.J. Allen, the transfer from Nebraska. He's been a revelation, Blue. I mean, I, I, I think there's an opportunity for him to potentially be the week one starter, you know, to see if you follow the rep, very well still be Henry Parrish. But I think A.J. Allen has an opportunity. Uh, he's extremely explosive, Blue. Uh, you know, was played his first season at Nebraska. He's a Louisiana kid. Uh, have you had a chance to scout him much? What did you know about Allen coming into Miami? Well, he wasn't a surprise to people who watched him in high school. He was the dude. He was one of those guys that you say, wow, you know, boy, Alabama's getting a really good kid, a guy that has the speed to get outside. He has the strength and vision to become a really, really top end back. And he is. He's yeah. Right now, he's easily the best uh, running back Miami has because uh, his his ability to get outside or run tackle the tackle makes him a lot different. Then he has the ability a lot like, and I'm not comparing to Willis McGahee, but he's got that running style. Once he breaks uh, the front plane of, of, of the defense, he gets in that secondary, he can go. I mean, he's got really decent speed, but the thing that makes him – uh, really important to the team is that he does not go down on the first hit and he's going to make the linebackers and the safeties work hard. And, you know, oftentimes if you look back to last year, you know, Miami had to end up at the end of the year with a walk on running back. And that's not happening this year. I think a guy like Don Chaney is going to reach his potential and stay healthy. I mean, Don Chaney's an NFL back. He really is. I mean, he's got strength. He's got speed. He's got agility. He's got ability and athleticism. So he's the type of guy, you know, a lot like Javaris James was when he came out. You know, I mean, a lot of people weren't oohing and ah about him, but he's got the strength and the ability to play at that next level. So if he can combine what he has, and as you mentioned, Parrish, who's still more than a functional back, and then you throw in, oh, well, in short uh, yardage situations, uh, you know, maybe from the 25 in, a Mark Fletcher, who right now is what Thad Franklin wasn't. Thad had all the ability in the world, but for some reason, when he got to the line of scrimmage, instead of thrusting his big body forward, he would turn his back and give the defense an opportunity to stop him. Fletcher's not doing that. No. Fletcher's a Big Ten downhill back. Um, Ohio State had it right when they busted their tail to recruit him because he's that type of back. And, I mean, a team player, kid could catch. If he gets out on a safety and a safety has him to tackle, I pity the safety because <laughs> this kid is hes a special guy. And uh, like I said, Miami's running game right now. And uh, we're not even talking about, uh, you know, Chris Johnson. And we're not even talking about um, 
the young man that got injured last year. How come I always forget his name? Um, uh, the kid that got hurt last year, the running back. Oh, Real citizen. Good citizen. Devontae yeah. Citizen. And you look at that and, and you say, wow, those are five pretty darn good backs that they got. And that's why I say they all stay healthy potentially. This could be Miami's best running game in 25 years. I mean, I don't think they've had an in and out guy. I don't think they've had a power guy like this and somebody to kind of just tote it the distance against quality teams, not just against right. middle Tennessee state. And that's, you know, that, you know, that the days that a two and three yard runs are, are pretty much over. Not to say that against Miami of Ohio, they're, you know, that's going to take them a little bit of time because you got a, a program there and especially a defense there it was ranked 17th nationally and number one. And they bring back, 17 of the 22 starters on on the defensive side of the ball. The two deep 22 guys, they bring back 17. So obviously mm. they're going to, you know, game plan against Miami, but I don't think they have any clue, you know, uh, you know, cause they certainly didn't see AJ Allen. They certainly haven't seen uh, Fletcher. Yeah. They, they saw, you know, a couple of the backs that they even, they didn't even see Cheney cause he was out mm. most of the year. So Only I Paris, think that's yeah. where one thing Miami is going to really, be effective uh, at, and I think, as I said before, that um, Coach Dawson will slant more to running the game at times, you know, running the ball at times, and passing. Well, when we come back, we got to talk about the newest Miami Hurricanes verbal commit, class of twenty twenty six. But could it be sooner? And I'm excited about this one, guys. We're only getting started. You got to keep it locked right here to Locked On Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. And for the everydayers, if you want to take your everyday or experience to the next level, I highly recommend signing up for our exclusive SMS texting community through subtext. I include a link in the show description below. You get SMS text messages directly from my phone to your phone. You can ask me one-on-one -on -one questions on there. I give you guys uh, breaking news, practice updates, recruiting scoops when we get them. Sometimes I just ramble and talk nonsense on there, but you can talk to me on there anytime. You could try it free for 14 days by clicking the link in the show description below. And then if you like it, you can opt in for $4.99 a month. We give you a lot of extra ad value on there. Larry Bluestein is with us. So Blue, let me do this properly for the young man uh, because Miami just landed an elite wide receiver out of a powerhouse program in the class of 2026, Malachi Tony. Welcome to the U. And I wasn't expecting this to drop last night, Blue. And uh, so he, he, he's so young, had a, he, sophomore season just started. Uh, he doesn't even have any stars yet. I know there's a lot of speculation he could end up being a five-star by the time those get assigned. Uh, but, you know, you scout the area more closely than anyone else in the country, Blue. Uh, what can you tell us about this American Heritage standout, Malachi Tony? Yeah, big-time kid that hit the ground running from his first game as a freshman last year against Los Alamitos uh, in the Broward County Showcase, uh, National Showcase. I mean, kid caught two touchdowns. He showed what he could do all year long. Uh, more experienced quarterback for um, American Heritage last year. Now they have to uh, play a, a sophomore quarterback. So he's going to be probably uh, more valuable to the team. Big time kid, very humble. Um, doesn't, you know, he doesn't befit a 10th uh, grader. You know, I mean, uh, he, he's got the demeanor where he's already leading. And uh, that's something that Coach Mike Smith just loves about the kid. He's grounded. His uh, family very active in what he does. And 
Yeah, this is this is the type of guy you grow with. And like you said, he doesn't have any stars now, but I'll tell you what, there'll be a cluster of them by the end of this year because he's going to be asked to do a lot more for the team, you know, with Dia Bell as the quarterback, uh, Roger Bell's son, uh, yeah. you know, and he's young. Uh, so he's, uh, he's going to be a big help to him, even though they're both sophomores. Uh, Malachi has kind of shown what he can do as far as be a leader. Um, yeah, he's, He's what you win with. He's what, you know, he's the guy that would go to Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State. So when you continue to get those type of guys, then you're seeing some progress in building a program. And, you know, like you, I believe you said that maybe he may reclassify to 25. Uh, we've seen it before. If he does, then he'll get here a year earlier. And he and Nickel uh, from Milton will yeah. be uh, will be uh, pretty decent two guys coming into the uh, in the same class. Well, and Nickel is also uh, Milton's coming down in the Broward County Showcase yeah. Blue. Well, what are you expecting? And, and who who is who's, uh, who's Milton going up against? Uh, Western, uh, you know, it's in the, uh, it's on Thursday night at Western in Davie. We're going to get a chance to be there and see the young man play in person. Now we've seen him on tape and, you know, talk to his coach, uh, the other night on our radio show. And he just says, this kid's at a different level. And, uh, you know, and usually if you get a, somebody from Georgia and they didn't come into Georgia or a Southeast school, you know, the coach would be kind of wishy-washy about it. But uh, the coach says that, he says Miami got. A, he says Miami actually got two really good Georgia quarterbacks, uh, you know, and obviously one in this cycle now in the twenty four yeah. cycle, a guy that uh, become a uh, uh, a staple on your program. Yeah, he has. Uh, we're, we're big yeah. fans of his, and now, yeah, now I, yeah. I know that. Uh, I, I know he he and uh, Judd Anderson at Jones County. I know you know his school is not the biggest, and they've had a couple of tough matchups to start the season. Uh, how's he doing so far? Because I, I know yeah. I know it's it, it seems like they've had some tough games, Blue. Well, they have. I mean, Georgia is a very very competitive state, and you know, like the difference between maybe where he is and where uh, where Milton is, which is closer to the Atlanta area. I mean, you you're gonna get. You're going to get fierce competition and there's a lot of talent up in that area. And, and I'll tell you what, between the two, I mean, both well-respected by the coaches, uh, both of them are well-respected by their community and their school. And uh, it's going to be great to start getting quarterbacks that are marquee type of guys. You know, Miami hasn't had a lot of those guys because even if you remember, uh, Tyler Van Dyke wasn't heavily recruited. And when, when he started coming out of high school, I remember grabbing him interviews during his baseball games and watching him during his baseball career. And I thought Tyler Van Dyke had an opportunity to be a baseball player, quick back throw. And uh, so you never know, you never know what happens, but uh, certainly Miami's off to a really good start, you know, for future recruiting uh, with nickel and Malachi, Tony. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to, to see Malachi. He plays in a big game this weekend too. in that show class showcase classic against St. John's of uh, Washington, DC, a perennial powerhouse. And uh, there's going to be some really good games. And you got St. Thomas Aquinas with uh, the Miami commitments on that team as well, who will be playing one of the classic uh, games of the year, the early year against St. John Bosco prep defending national champions. So you're a football fan. Uh, this weekend uh, would be and in those two games that game and the Shamanah Madonna game 
are on national ESPN. Uh, ESPN one, not the, yeah, two, three, not, not the Ocho. Yeah, not yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're on the big, the big screen because it's the last weekend, uh, before college. And so they, they're going to get, they're going to get viewers for both of those games. Cause Shamanah Madonna and St. Francis Academy are two really good teams. And then we all, we all know about St. Thomas and, uh, St. John Bosco prep. Well, if you're a football fan, you want to listen to Larry Bluestein's radio show every Monday night on WQAM, 6 p.m., right, Blue? Yep, 6 o'clock, and uh, a lot of good – the last two weeks we covered this entire showcase. Uh, Two weeks ago we had all the coaches from South Florida that will be participating, and this week we had the pleasure of getting all the college – high school coaches from – that are coming in, and it was great to talk, you know, to Coach Negro uh, at – at St. John Bosco prep, because you got to remember them and matter day out there are just, they're just amazing. I mean, you know, they, they have the same dudes we have. They're big, they're strong. In fact, they, some of their linemen, you know, because they rely heavily on, on a lot of the Polynesian kids and the Samoans and, uh, and they're bigger and they're stronger and uh, it's going to be a test and uh, we're looking forward to it. And the nation gets an opportunity to see it at uh, four o'clock. Love it. Make sure you follow him on Twitter or X, whatever we call it now, at Larry Bluestein. <laughs> Blue, thank you so much for the time, and thank everyone so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We will talk to you again next time on another episode of Locked on Canes. We are part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.